Hello, and welcome to A Star to Steer Her By, a Star Wars podcast. Is it? What? Since when? Yeah, so uh, we just recently, as of a few weeks ago, finished our Deep Space Nine overview, and we're about to jump into Star Wars, Star Trek uh, Voyager with <laughs> Captain Janeway. Y'all listen and- to our fanfics, right? They were great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you have I was really them proud out. of mine. I started I working also, on it early. Can we Char- read them on the internet too? Are they on, on the internet? They're on the internet, yeah. SSHBpodcast.com. The internet, the internet is everywhere these days. Have you guys noticed that? It is everywhere. I, I'd everywhere. like to apologize. I think it's going to be huge. For mine, I mean, I, I thought it was funny, but we've gotten some feedback and uh, you know, people did not enjoy the poop volcano. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Still can't um, look at Chris in the face. Ca- carrying on um, from the poop volcano. We'll, we'll just try to forget that one. So yeah, we were about to start Voyager, and we all kind of were like, you know what? Star Trek stinks. You know what's awesome? Star Wars, okay? Because there's way better shit. They got lightsabers. They got the Force. Uh, that, that's basically it. But both of those things are really cool. And, and we realized that we had done... Uh, a few of the Star Wars films, notably some of the the sequel trilogy films, as well as uh, the the standalone pieces and the and the show, but we never took the time to go back and actually do a proper Star Wars watch. So that is why, for the next few weeks, we're going to be doing a shore leave expedition into the Star Wars universe and watch uh, and talk about the Star Wars films that we have not previously discussed on the show. I'm going to go visit Alderaan. Oh. Oh, about that. But yeah, so uh, we are going to be doing episodes four, five, six, seven, one, two, and three. I don't know what the order... No, I think we're going to do release order. order. So yeah. four, five, six, one, two, three, seven. So that's that's seven weeks. So if you're really not into Star Wars and don't give a shit what we have to say about Star Wars... The next two months are really not going to yeah. be your thing. Take, take a break from us, you know, go outside and have fun, frolicking, doing whatever you do. But if you're cool and you want to hear us talk about Star Wars, and I promise we won't shit on all of it. We might shit on a few things, but a lot of it's pretty good. Okay. And the first, film is, the first film's good. Yeah. Caitlin has never seen Clone Wars. There you go. Attack of the Clones, I mean. Yeah. So when we get to that one, this is going to be her first experience outside of like memes and the zeitgeist and me talking about how awful i think that one is but but how great we're getting ahead of ourselves because we are gonna take a time trip all the way back to the groovy disco inferno cisco inferno caitlin there i dropped it for you thanks jake uh of the 1970s when we are going to the 1977 hit film Star Wars. Epa, wait a minute. Not Epa anything, because it's just called Star Wars. I think they added all that episode stuff uh, later just to, to throw people off. Yeah. <laughs> um,
So yeah, this is this is Star Wars we're going to be talking about today. Later retitled Star Wars Episode Four. Later retitled Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope. And uh, just, uh, I'm not going to do a full synopsis because you can go watch the fucking movie yourself. But uh, just very quickly, briefly, we're told that the there's a galactic empire. There's a rebellion against that empire. Our rebellion has just won their first big victory. They got the Death Star plans. <clears throat> go listen to our episode on Rogue One. Um, and this movie essentially picks up right after that one in the uh, chronology, uh, to the in, in the internal chronology. Our heroes, uh, Princess Leia, and the droids are being chased. And I thought this is going to be a brief summary. It is fucking brief. <laughs> Fuck you. You've, you've synopsized the opening crawl. <laughs> yeah. All right. Fine. All right. They land on some shitty desert planet. They meet a kid. I don't know if he's a kid. He looks he's like 19. an adult. That's stupid. He's um, a kid. Anyway, they meet this guy, Luke Skywalker. They take a trip to Ben Kenobi house who's also called Obi-Wan Kenobi they get uh they go to some uh city and a city and they meet up with Han Solo Mos Eisley Chewbacca and and they get on the the Millennium Falcon and they fly it away to Alderaan but it turns out in the meanwhile they blow that up they rescue the princess they get the fuck out of there Obi-Wan dies and then they blow up the Death Star okay good enough for you Could people, quick enough. Oh, okay. Wasn't sure. that episode seven? Ah, <laughs> oh, damn. Ah. Yeah, yeah. So Star Wars. What do y'all think? Yeah, it's still, you know, it's still Star Wars. It's Star Wars unburdened by too many years action of scenes, bullshit, all the hype. Mm. It is unfortunately burdened by, you know, nineteen ninety seven tinkering because you just can't legally get your hands on the original anymore well that's why you get your hands on it not legally which is what i did oh did so you, you got to watch the original yeah oh yeah yeah we gonna, watched the extra watch bullshit bullshit episode so, wait, so what's the in the extra bullshit uh there's like an extra scene with jabba the hut where he's really tiny and it doesn't make any fucking sense yeah, oh stupid. i've seen that han solo depending on which version you watch either does not shoot first or shoots at the same time as greedo kills the fuck out of greedo I didn't well, think that Greedo always... shot, did he? So originally no. Han shot first. Did Greedo oh, he, he shoot just, at he, all? No, that? Han just shoots. There's, yeah. Greedo doesn't get a shot off. He's but dead. But then during the 97 tweaking, George made it that uh, Greedo shot, missed, and Han returned fire. Han very awkwardly, quote unquote, ducks, but, you know, Harrison Ford hadn't actually ducked, so... He's very awkwardly CG shifted to the right. Oh, jeez. Yeah. And Greedo, Greedo's shot is terrible, Yeah, too. fans were livid. So at some point he tweaked it again so that they shoot simultaneously. Han still awkwardly CG ducks. Mm. Yeah, mostly it's just a lot of new bad CG Extra like, extra dewbacks in yeah. that one scene in the oh, desert. Oh yeah, yeah. They added a bunch of like CG dinosaurs to the most Eisley scenes, and just and people stuff. too. Most Eisley's much more crowded. But yeah, as far as like major scene differences, yeah, there's the one with Jabba, and there's a brief scene between Luke and Biggs. Mm. Well, that one was alright because it wasn't CG enhanced, right? Yeah, it was just added in, and it was sort of establishing that these two knew each other. Oh, so that was is- new. The scene where they're like, oh, I haven't seen you in... Yeah. Oh, holy shit, I didn't real. Okay, 
I thought that that seemed unfamiliar. I mean, yeah, it's that, now... that scene was not in the uh, in the in the one we watched. No, but which... it is now at this point. I think it has now been part of the commercially available version of Star Wars longer than it wasn't. Mm. Hmm. Well, that I mean that's in a sense. I think that might might be a positive change because yeah. you hear like Luke mentions Biggs very yeah, early in the, in the film. Yeah, and uh, and then the other we... one, Wedge. Yeah. But Wedge, he didn't know. Before. Wedge wasn't his Wedge. He just met. Oh, but he talks later. about a couple of people leaving, doesn't he? Uh, Biggs and a, some other guy who we don't actually see. Oh, in the okay, movie. okay. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead, Jake. So yeah, so he mentions him early in the film, and then we don't see or hear anything about him until they're in the starfighter, and Biggs dies, and Luke seems very upset about it. And if you didn't remember that one. Mention? Very brief yeah. mention at the beginning. You'd be like, okay. He I didn't did seem not this mention about, it. I did not notice at all. So <laughs> he didn't seem upset about Porkins. No one cares about Porkins. No apparently. one liked Porkins. His name was Porkins. I know. What what a terrible name for, so, for a fat guy. In so a film. here's the here's the thing. The reason oh, no. Porkins was a fat guy was because George, George Lucas, Lucas hates people. Has on some level always been a hack, and Porkins was actually supposed to be like a pig alien. But they oh. couldn't get the makeup to work. And we would eventually get pig aliens in Return of the Jedi in the form of the Gamorreans. Um, that's next week. But yeah, the, Two weeks. The, the that's pig aliens, some other week. <laughs> like Peppy Pig from Star Fox? Yeah. Peppa, yeah. Peppa Pig? No, no, Peppy. Oh, no, oh. Peppy no, but was it's not the hair. Peppy. He's called Pigma. Oh, yeah, you're right. He's called Pigma. Pigma was the pig, yeah. Peppy was the hair. Um, but yeah, it's, you're right. Like, that actually is a good inclusion because it helps. The yeah. Jabba one really just relitigates everything Greedo said before Han fried him, so it's yeah. pointless. And also, so, Jabba is tiny. Yeah, so what I I remember watching way way back in in nineties in the nineties when they did the special editions, and they were so proud of all this shit that they did. And I saw a whole piece about that Jabba scene where originally it had been filmed with just an actor, mm-hmm. like they had some guy that was just looked like a you know he was in like furs and shit he didn't he didn't look alien at all he was just a guy and that was supposed to be job of the hut and apparently i guess the story was just like they didn't like the scene or they didn't like the actor or they just for whatever reason they decided not to do it oh so originally so, Jabba was just a guy was just a guy okay and okay. then and so they cut that scene and then put all the information that was going to be in that scene into the greedo scene which is a much better scene anyway yeah and then, then in '97, when George, you know, dusted off the the cassette tapes, was like, "Oh, look at that! Uh, we can do this with a computer now." But they really couldn't. No. And they fucked it up and made a little tiny, not very convincing job. There's a point, and I remember in that documentary that I watched, they're like, "Oh, there's a point when Harrison walks behind the actor in the original scene." But obviously, if that were really Jabba the Hutt, he'd have stepped on his tail. So they put in this really terrible thing where they like shifted Harrison Ford up in the frame. Oh, no, more awkwardly to yep. have him step on Jabba's tail, and Jabba goes blah, and and it's, and Harrison doesn't react to the blah. I'm sure. Yeah, nope. and like also, it's like no one else. This is Jabba either. the fucking Hutt. This is a guy that will kill you for no fucking reason. He's got all of his henchmen there that are going to kill you for no reason. And you're Including just going to step Greedo. on his tail. So, yeah, yeah bad scene. Bad it was also like film. Stupid. a lazy excuse to shoehorn Boba Fett into four. Because he is 
so conspicuously in the scene now. Hmm. Oh, did they just like CG him into that as well? Or like do a, a green screen or something? Probably. Yeah. Like he, the thing is, it, he's matted in well. If you didn't know, you wouldn't realize he'd it's, been glued in 20 years later. It's like when Jadzia was on the bridge of the bridge of the uh, Enterprise in Trials and Tribulations. <laughs> yes. Yes. But like literally on his way out of the scene, he just stops and looks directly into the camera for fucking no reason. Remember me? Yeah, no, it's fucking horrific. Depending on the source, like part of the idea I've heard allegedly was actually always to sort of make a creature to kind of put in over the actor. So original sketches of Java back then were not a slug man, but like some sort of weird bipedal monster. But I think they realized they just couldn't do it. And that was also part of the reason they had to cut that scene. Well, I also think that there's, you know, kind of like the thesis of the of the DS9 documentary. Like, it's the true making of Star Wars has been so much yeah. boiled in its own fucking bullshit that who knows what the original plan was. No, that's point. true. You know, because they'll say anything. There's this whole, there's this whole, um, mythos around star wars that it was like oh it was this little little itty bitty indie philic that you know got made by the skin of its teeth and it's like i don't think that's right i think this was like a huge big budget blockbuster film like you know by uh, you know the guy that directed american graffiti right Mm -hmm. you know he's buddies i don't know if he was buddies with spielberg at the time but um you know, I think they knew each other by then. I mean, it was certainly not like some some little, you know, George Lucas out there with his little, you know, brownie camera filming this thing. It was a serious special effects showpiece. Film. Yeah, from what I heard, like Lucas also like and the um, artistic director, the um, the guy actually like framing the shots, they did not get along because Lucas was used to a smaller production where he would be the one also in control of that and had to learn very quickly, no, this part isn't your job. We have more people for this job. But they fucking hated each other because they kept stepping on each other's toes and not and doing things that, you know, wouldn't have come out looking good. So that's pretty special. I suspect anyone who's ever had to work with George Lucas probably hates him. So... What what one of the things that I've heard many times over the years as well is that like the 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 movie was good in spite of Lucas. Oh yeah, and that, and that like you know he all the stuff that people complain about in like the prequel films about you know like the just all, all of the things. It's poetry. It rhymes. Are yeah. all things that would have been in the original, mm-hmm. but because he. You know, even though he was a, a pretty famous director by that time, he was not George Lucas. You know, he was he was George Lucas. Yeah. And which meant that producers and editors could sort of keep him in check and keep the crazy bullshit to a minimum. Yeah. And and like, it, yeah, go ahead. And at least one thing that is true is the studio was shitting itself when it started seeing the dailies. Because like... You know, like, they'd committed to this, but they were starting to have buyer's remorse when they started seeing what was coming in. Because, like, like this level of, of sort of special effects film hadn't been, I think, done in a while, kind of. And usually those sort of effects films, like, 
were geared more towards like children, especially even science fiction was still on the big screen, at least still mostly thought of as something for kids, even despite the fact that, you know, Star Trek had done pretty well to prove there's an adult audience for decent sci-fi. Uh, I wouldn't call this sci-fi. <laughs> well, it's sci-fantasy either way, whatever. But, you know, there was like one producer there who was like, guys, shit. just just <laughs> let him make his film. It'll be fine. Even he wasn't sure, but he was like, we bought just fucking run with it. So I think to an extent that probably, they did rein him in a little as well, because they were like, what the fuck are we getting? And hmm. um, the first edit was, by all accounts, fucking terrible. I've heard that too, yeah. Yeah, that he did, it, like, I, I read about a, apparently he had done a screening for Spielberg, I think, and... Somebody. Of the first edit, I don't know about that. Yeah, no, he did. A, it was like a private screening with Spielberg and I want to say De Palma, some another well-known director, and like both of them were like, eh, no, bad. Yeah, and they replaced whoever had done the first edit with his then wife. Yeah, and some other people on and some other people on a team too. It wasn't just her. No, but I know she was like the lead or something. Yeah, it sounds like the movie was basically saved. By then. In the editing room. Yeah. Like, well, you can even see, it. like, traces of... Because there was a lot of... I know apparently part of the issue... I've never, obviously, no one except a few people have seen that cut, but... There was just a lot of unnecessary shots, overly long shots, you know, like... And I think one that sort of remains in the film, because it's really quite conspicuous now, is when he um, realizes, oh, God, the stormtroopers probably traced the droids back home... And he's going to go, ah, and he runs to his car. And, like, you could have just saw, shown him start to run, cut immediately to him in the car, and then to the farm. But instead, we watch him run in a wide shot all the way from Obi-Wan to his car, gets it. Like, mm -hmm. he thought we wouldn't get that he'd gotten in the car somehow if we didn't see him get in. Yeah, from mm. what I read about this initial edit, the pacing was dictated by the actors on the screen instead of by the plot that needed to happen Oof. which is yeah. not how you do a movie that has a lot going on in which you need to be moving forward basically at all times one thing that i know we lost with that was um and this really isn't that big of a deal but that also originally had another scene with biggs hmm. um which would have further established how they knew each other and I think even explained, like, why Luke was so hell-bent on joining the Academy, because I think basically Biggs was like, Luke, Luke, I've joined the Rebellion. Mm. And so Luke yeah, was like... Yeah, I remember like, many years ago seeing a deleted scene from, you know, I don't know if it was on a DVD set or something, but it was, I think it was Luke going to the, wherever he was, remember at the beginning when... The power when, converters. The power convert. yeah, he went to go get the power converters, and... I think it has Biggs, and they're they're actually watching the space battle. Yeah, um, yeah. And or they're if they're watching it, or they're talking about, oh, did you see the space battle that happened? And they're like, oh yeah, yeah, I was looking up there, I saw the space battle. And I think yeah, there was a woman too that was also his friend in that scene that they introduced. But possible, yeah, yeah. I know that like at the time, you know, there's this sort of now semi-famous like cult trading card. It shows Luke in this bucket hat with goggles that you never see him wear in the film. Uh, and it's from that sequence. Hmm. And yeah, part of it was that he, he, he managed to catch, like, he could kind of see what was going on with his space binoculars. Hmm. I think a lot of that survived into the novelization, too. Yeah, I read the novelization when I was younger, 
Yeah, so I'm a little vague. Yeah. Yeah, but speaking of like this edit, this this edit that we don't know a ton about, like it also wouldn't have included any of the special effects. And I think like the thing the thing to to say about this movie is like when it came out, it was immediately big because people hadn't seen special effects like this before and it was yeah, like, no. mind blowing to see, you know, jumps to hyperspace and all this stuff that happens in like the, all the scenes like of them attacking the Death Star look really great still. Mm-hmm. But this fucking special effects team, because, you know, they had to form ILM around this movie because, you know, when they brought it to Fox, Fox had disbanded their visual effects department pretty recently. So they're like, okay, well, we'll create ILM and we'll give them this much time and this much money to do all the special effects shot. Check in with them um, after a little while. They're already months behind schedule and they've spent half the budget on the first three to four shots out of like dozens. Mm. Good, good, good. So yeah, they were they were doing a great job. <laughs> well, I also think that they had to like invent a lot of things yeah Um, like there's things that you see in this movie that you didn't really see much prior which like ships like maneuvering in space yeah which was something that you know was pretty impressive for the time like you know you look at i know it's 10 years prior to this but you know star trek you never you only ever saw a ship just kind of whiz by you never saw a ship do a loop or or barrel roll or anything like that and you actually kind of get get some of that in this film yeah like if you look at say the last sort of big science fiction sort of film that it's not an effects film is the thing but like when you think about it you know space odyssey's 69 i want to say nice and those effects really hold up by large but it's still like you know it's not this it's a space station slowly rotating it's like it's it's very very good but it's not anything high octane which i think is part of the reason it holds up because you couldn't have done High octane in '69. You know, it's not high octane. The fight between Vader and oh Obi Wan—the poor thing—that has that has aged poorly. So poorly. I mean, if it would have been fine if, like, that was the established technique that start that lightsabers were, and they just used that thing all the time. But yeah, you know, to just stand in front of each other and poke with their with their little <laughs> yeah. lightsaber. I loved yeah. all the all the the stormtroopers and folks who like look up and say, "Oh, there's an old man fight going on. Let's get over there." <laughs> I mean, one of them might break a hip. Let's be honest. You're standing around in real life. Two old men start having an anemic fight. You cannot tell me what we're gonna run up and start filming it for TikTok. Oh yeah. Someone's like, "I'll get the Ben Gay. We're gonna need it later." <laughs> but yeah, no. The fact that like even in Empire. Like, I feel like the lightsaber battle's a, a little more energetic. Well... But in the I retrospect think... of the prequel's, like, crazy spinny flip fights, you're just like, what is happening? Yeah, and one thing that I kind of have gotten, I think that they do establish in the later films, is that Darth Vader doesn't do all that acrobatic shit, even when he is having a, a high-octane fight. Mm. Bec- and I think it's probably for two reasons. Number one... He's basically a robot. Yeah. And number two, he is just so fucking powerful yeah, with the yeah. force that he doesn't need to do a lot of leaps yeah. and shit because he just has to move a little bit and, you know, he can deflect any attack. So why, you know, why work harder when you can work smarter? Yeah. 
But Obi-Wan just like I feel I felt so bad for Alec Guinness like because by all accounts also he like really didn't like this film oh yeah he hated it really Um, I I read somewhere that he was like the only one who saw potential in this film I I I feel like he's maybe I'm misremembering but I feel like he's been on the record after the fact saying like how he didn't didn't like this film it kind of depends on when you ask him <laughs> i think it's one of those things also you yeah. can think of a film might be successful and still hate working on it yeah well i think no i think he actually felt that it like damaged his legacy that like because he was mm. kind of known as this you know serious actor and he felt like he his talents were wasted but then he came back for two sequels so he couldn't have hated it that much but he's dead really jake but he's dead <laughs> well he, he's Oh, right. Yes. Yes. No, there's no way Obi-Wan can come back in the sequels. I assume a dump truck of money was driven up to his house. Oh, yes. Just one. I know that actually, before Guinness, he looked into Toshiro Mifune. Yeah, yeah. Who is a well-known collaborator of Kurosawa, Mm -hmm. who, of course, is a huge influence on Lucas. Lucas fucking loves Kurosawa. You know, people famously, annoying film people like to say that he blatantly ripped off Hidden Fortress for this, and it's just a remake of Hidden Fortress. Same people go, he took a lot of inspiration from it, but it's not a remake per se. But they nearly name drop the movie, but then Vader chokes the dude before he can say it. Ha, Hmm. that's funny. That's funny. Good joke. Good choke joke. Yes. Oh. I liked what you said during that scene. What? When he chokes the Admiral. Oh, yeah. Well, it's I yeah. Well, we were watching it and I was like, is this this guy's first day? Like Vader walks in and he's like, yeah, you and your stupid fucking religion. What the fuck's wrong with you? And Vader's just like, choky choke. It's like you're telling me that's the first time he ever did that shit. Or you just never noticed that he was dangerous as hell. Vader is bad at conferences. You can't have mm-hmm. him in an office meeting. At least there wasn't a try not to choke on your aspirations joke. Because oh. that's just inexcusable. One thing that always kind of impresses me about this this movie is that, like, Vader is really the henchman. Yeah, you know, it's it's um, Peter Cushing who's the Head who's the real Grand the Moff. real yeah Grand Grandma Tarkin Tarkin, and you know, so he's really the the one running things, and you kind of get the sense, you know, Leia says at one point. Uh, or Leah, as they say in this film, says that, um, oh, I, I, I should have expected to see, you know, see you holding Vader's leash. And it's like, wow, yeah. So, like, Vader being, like, the boss comes in later. At this point, he's just, like, just the muscle. Yeah. It's one of those things that's kind of, you know, in retrospect of everything they've said, done and said since doesn't make a ton of sense, but... I mean, it's fine i mean it's just it's one of those things where it's like you know they had they they didn't they didn't clearly expect to have to do more after this they mm. did they totally planned it oh they did did or they or so they say so what i've heard so basically you know george lucas was initially in, inspired to adapt flash gordon for a, for a big screen movie but he couldn't get the rights since they were already yeah. tied up with somebody else so he says, well, fuck this. I'll make my own Flash Gordon with, with hookers. Blackjack and, and hookers. Blackjack, yeah. And he wrote an original story. It was called The Journal of the Wills, uh, which was way too complicated. So he, he tried to d- dumb that down a bit. 
and then made a new draft that was so long that they said, this has, I'm going to make this into a trilogy. We're just going to do this part here for the first film. I'm going to take the end of, uh, of this trilogy and slap it on the end of this first film, but then do it again and blow up the Death Star again, spoilers, at the end of the full trilogy because I had to find a way to finish this first film. So yeah. that he already had a plan that I'm sure, you know, it can, I'm sure, change and uh, adapt along the way, along the years as, as it's being um, worked on. But they knew when this was in development that it was going to be a trilogy. Yeah, but they, you know, have the sense to kind of have it, like, be self-contained enough so that if it flopped and (laughs) they never made any more, it still kind of ended-ish. My favorite fact is the, the, the title, when they finished the first draft of the first film, the title was... The Adventures of Luke Starkiller, as taken from the Journal of the Wills, Saga 1, The Star Wars. Oh, that's like a fucking Spielberg title. Jesus. Motherfucker loved that Journal of the Wills shit. What was the Journal of the Wills? I don't even fucking know. It's like, it's it's something Lucas made up. I think it was supposed to be like the Red Book of Westmarch. Which is? Uh, It's where, supposedly, the stories... In-universe, in it's the book that would have contained the stories of Middle-earth that Tolkien wrote. Oh, no, it's a not not another Lord of the Rings podcast. Nope, nope, nope. No, Just I, Italian. Yeah, on that, on that level, though, like, something that I do appreciate in this movie uh, that, that Lucas kind of did in, the, in creating this movie creates a very large, very complicated world. But the plot of this particular movie... Very simple and straightforward. Yep. So that I do give credit for because other movies in the same franchise take this large, complicated world and tell large, complicated stories, and then I lose my mind a little bit. Mm. Yeah, no, that that was one thing that, especially at the time, people were impressed by the fact that it's like, it just drops you in this completely new universe and doesn't explain shit. It shows doesn't tell. Yeah, it's like, here's just, because like you said, the story itself is straightforward. It explains the bare minimum it has to. It doesn't, like, stop and give you every little fucking... I mean, there is a giant three-paragraph intro scroll at the top of the film. Summary of Rogue One. <laughs> yes. Well, yes. For those of us that. who haven't seen Rogue One. <laughs> but what I mean is they don't stop and, like... There's not some tedious explanation about droids. We get it. They're robots, but they apparently mm. can think. Um, we don't get into, like, finicky, hyperdrive. What is it? Fuck off. Go fast. Just going fast. Yeah, it didn't need that. Um, it did. It, it trusted the audience to kind of figure that shit out. And then fucking nerds spent the next 20 odd years writing novels to explain every little thing you ever looked at. Stripping it of all its joy, or like you know, forty-five years. It's it's yeah. It's like there's one line about having you know about the ship making the Kessel run in twelve parsecs, and we're gonna and you know forty years later we're gonna make a whole fucking movie to explain that line. Yeah, I'm sorry, Ames. What I meant was just the original expanded crap, which is now no longer canon. Yeah, people uh, are still reading novels whole, about it though. So oh, you know, now there's new bad yeah, stuff. They'll never, they'll never stop. So you bring so up actually, these droids, yeah, and I kept like having many, many a thought because are the droids just slaves? Oh yes, 
Because they are sapient creatures. Mm-hmm. They are self-aware oh, yeah. beings that just accept, you're my master now. My master would never hurt us. 3PO, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. They're, um, what's it called? Uh, exocomps. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, the, the, the ethics of droids never really comes up. It's just accepted. Kind of want to see that series. Yeah. They're actually, well, no, you know, droids was terrible. Oh, <laughs> damn it. Damn it. So much uh, potential. There is actually, what makes it worse is I do remember one of those novels I read as a kid actually did have 3PO starting to, like, kind of worry about his mortality. Hmm. And considering, like, backing himself up somewhere. <laughs> Where have you ever died? I mean, he gets blowed up a whole bunch of times and is always just repaired, so... Well, yeah, because they never hit his hard drive, apparently. Uh... And of course, well, you know, again, we're getting ahead of ourselves, but you can just... Well, no, let's mention in this. You can just wipe their memories at will. Mm. You know, nothing <laughs> they can do to stop you. That's right, yeah. Um... Yeah, but apparently, spoiler alert, they Damn never it. do that to R2, ever. And R2 just remembers everything. Yep, yeah, and then it watches everyone lie around him. Yeah, what an asshole. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to let Luke and Leia kiss. It'll be funny. Oh. <laughs> um, so the, the Skywalkers purchase these robots, these yep. droids. Are, are they aware that they're basically stolen, for one thing, and also that they're buying slaves? Like, what do they think is happening? I mean, Because we're, we're, we're meant, I think, to like Uncle Owen. Again, I think it's just unfortunately just the 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 ethics. I think the ethics of it are just no one cares. Like it just it is just yeah no we 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 have we own these these things. They're man. I just re-listened to our episode on Measure of a Man and watching this this movie right afterwards. I'm like, but the droids. Yeah, yeah. Data wouldn't stand for this. I like. I think it's one of those things where it's like you look at a lot of them. Like you look at a three, a three. You look at an astromech, and you're like, yeah, it's a little tweety thing. You don't realize necessarily, like, you know, you're like, yeah, sure, it's a computer thing. But then you get the one that looks like a person and talks and is programmed to feel fear. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're just like, this is awkward. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's one yeah, of those whoever things- built that built built C three PO is a real sick fuck. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, as far as the like, yeah, I think you, it's one of those things you just kind of know when you're buying from Jawas, you're probably buying stolen merchandise. Yeah, it's, I, I imagine it's one of those. Don't don't think too hard about it. But like in this environment, it's the only way you're going to get equipment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if they fall to, from the sky and then Jawas fall, find them, yeah, it, it fell off the back of a status droya. Hey. Be, being fair, their owner was dead, and they have no rights. So. Mm. And like, yeah, I mean, it literally, I mean, they just, they landed in the desert. So it wasn't like the Jawas ripped them off. The Jawas just found them wandering. They tried to rip them off by hawking that R5 at them with the bad motivator. Yeah. Yeah. That was the red, the red one. Yep. Oh, already. I'm sure they'll fix him up. I mean, R2-D2 got shot in the fucking head and was fine uh, the next scene. So That's true. Did R2-D2 make that other droid malfunction? <gasps> oh. Oh, snap. Conspiracy. I like that. And if so, how? Or did the Force make it malfunction? Mm. No, it was R2 for sure. I like this. I like this headcanon, Caitlin. No, it's very good headcanon. It is, in fact, better than the fact that uh, 
Spoilers, it's the Force. What? No. Disagree. It, there was a there was a story that that is a force sensitive robot who knew that R2 had to take this mission on, so it killed itself. Oh, ready, ready himself. Oh, good. God damn it. But I think you this is that- fucked. If droids can commit suicide, we can't be owning them and hauling them around like this. This is fucked up. I'm, I'm just assuming if my that, Roomba I'm, could throw itself off a balcony willfully, it wouldn't be able to keep them. I'm just assuming that Red had been hanging out in that the the, the truck Jawash for a truck while for a while and had, to listen to, and had to listen to C-3PO go on and on. <laughs> and, and like when he's like, oh, shit, I want to spend the rest of my life with this asshole. <laughs> Shut down, a good line. self-destruct. Yeah, he says at one point. I'm no good at telling stories. I'm like, yeah, but that's not going to stop you. <laughs> See, that actually annoyed me because we know from episode six that he tells the fuck out of a story out of some stupid fucking teddy bear monsters. Hmm. Jake, I am now using your headcanon as mine from here on out. There you go. He's just like, I am not working with this dickhead. But yes, I, I, I suppose in universe you could make the argument that, you know, destiny meant that R2 had to go, so that's why I kind of hope R2 reached out with his little his little uh, computer communication device and goosed him right in the ass. Oh no. Because can't he? He has a taser, doesn't he? Because he tases an Ewok later on, doesn't he? He eventually uh, has a taser. Yeah, or no, yeah, or, yeah. or uh, Yoda. Yoda. Doesn't he kind of tase Yoda? I think, at one he, does. Point I think or he tasers both of them nice. yeah. at some point. Here's my fucking, other question R2D2's about- a fucking cop. Yeah, what I mean, here's my other fuck? question about R2, which, when you're watching this movie, it kind of, like, made me feel uncomfortable for a while, because Kenny Baker's in there. Most of the time. Most of the time. Probably, hopefully not when he, like, falls over a lot. But... Especially when he falls over a lot. No! But, like, and maybe I just don't know, like, what did he do in there? Was he just turning the head? Like, what was what was his role as R2-D2? You know, not 100% possible. Sweating his balls off, probably. Yeah, yeah, he probably... Yeah, I I don't know, actually. You know what it was? It was like, okay, George, the cost it's going to take to build an an RC robot that can turn its head and make lights glow and do all this stuff, that's going to cost about 50 grand. Or we could hire a little person, make him sweat it out in this fucking trash can for 30 hours a day, and uh, and that's going to cost three grand, and and that's and that's the story of R two D two. Yeah, like I bet nowadays you wouldn't need a person in R two, and it would be much more affordable. Yeah, here's the know, here's the goal still in the Daleks. Yes, they might still use people then. I think there's there's yeah. probably it's probably roomier in a Dalek. Much than, oh significantly in R two. Here's the quote from Kenny Baker, because he was cast after meeting George Lucas, and he says, He saw me come in and, and said, he'll do, because I was the smallest guy they'd seen up until then. Kenny Baker is three foot eight. Wow. Wow. Well, that's, uh, that's also how they cast uh, Chewie. Yeah, who is he seven stu- foot three. He stood up and they went, you're hired. Yeah, that, he was a odd looking dude, uh, if you ever saw him out of costume. Very long face, but also, yeah. like, it, it somehow a wide yet simultaneously thin face. It was strange. Huh. Yeah. But it sounds um, like, like he, of all of the, um, of all of the cast, 
like he became very beloved uh, by the fans because apparently he was just really friendly and open with the oh, fans. Because nice. you know, it's not like he had much of a career in acting outside of Chewbacca. He'd been uh, a nurse up till that point. Yeah. Huh. So like he really embraced the fandom, I guess, and and you know, so he was like posting on Reddit to talk with Star Wars fans and shit like that. Oh, so, that's sweet. And he always seems nice. pretty like I mean in an interview anyone can put on a persona, he always just seems legit, you know? Mm. You know, he just he's just there. He's always usually wearing a big old chewy t shirt. <laughs> Cause he knows like you don't know what I look like here. It's this is it's me, it's <laughs> chewy. Speaking of big guys that don't get to talk in the film, David um, Prowse. David Prowse, who was actually an actor outside of this, because he was in. Um, the only thing I know him from outside of this is uh, Clockwork Orange, where he. Oh, plays... I've never seen that. I had no idea he was in it. Yeah, there's there's. Is this the guy plays... that's inside the Vader suit. Yeah. Yeah, he plays a big galoot uh, in that film. I mean, he's going to play a big galoot no matter what he does, but he carries around a, a man. That's a. So what does what does he sound like? Because I know they didn't let him voice Vader because he has thick ass accent. Thick accent and uh, rather higher pitched than you'd expect. Oh boy! Like yeah. it's not high pitched, but it's like you can find video online. I'll try to find some and share it of the pre dub, and it's just like it's the same lines, but it's not James. It's just this Englishman going. Find the princess! I want her alive! Oh, you no! Know, like, oh, this It's, like, is... muffled from inside the helmet. That, too, too so yes. It's, not, it's even worse. But, yeah, apparently, I don't know how... Tr- this is probably true. He had no idea that he was going to be dubbed. Mm. Yeah, I've heard that before, Until he too. saw the, fil- the, the film, the final cut. Which, an- another interesting thing I noticed... I don't know if, if this has been changed in subsequent releases, but in, in the version we watched, James Earl Jones, uncredited for doing the voice. <laughs> Yeah, and I think that was actually at Jones' request for some reason. Hmm. Yeah, maybe he felt that, like... Because it's not like Vader has a ton of lines. It was probably, no. like, a day of work for James Earl Jones and versus David Prowse, who had to, like, be in that fucking suit for, you know, probably weeks shooting his scenes. Huh. So, funny enough, uh, he has played Frankenstein a bunch of times. <laughs> Shocking. First of all things in the terrible 1967 Casino Royale parody, but then in at least a few Hammer Horror ones, one of which at least featured Peter Cushing. Because, Is that Tarkin? Yeah. Peter Cushing was one of Hammer's go-to guys, like him and... Long uh, Chaney. I'm now blanking. Um, Dracula. What was Dracula's name? No, no, he was much earlier. Hammer was a uh, British studio that mostly did horror movies, and they were really big from like the... 50s to the 70s. Yeah, but didn't they do a Dracula? Wasn't there... Probably, yeah, but not with Lon Chaney. Wasn't, uh, wasn't the no, guy that played... I'm talking about the guy that played Dracula. Like, famously, the original guy that played... Oh, no, no, he would have died by then. Lugosi, yeah. Yeah, Lugosi, thank you, yeah. No, but wasn't uh, the guy that played Saruman... Yeah, uh, yeah, he was one of their go-tos, too. Yeah. I, I, Christopher Lee? Christopher there Lee. There it is, yeah, that's yes. Right. Yep. Dude, yeah, he was. Oh, he was also in Star Wars. Old. He's also in Star Wars. Oh, yeah, he is. Later. Oh, good. Star Wars. <laughs> I mean, Star Trek. I mean, Star Wars. Christopher you know Lee who? is? Christopher Lee is in who Star is he? Wars. He's Count Dookie. Oh, right. Count we'll get Dookie. to him. I forgot about that. We'll get to him soon. Oh, yeah. boy. You know who who they did let voice themselves, themselves though, was Anthony Daniels. <laughs> yes, which originally was not the plan. Right, yeah. Were they I guess he's like the a perfect robot little voice? douche voice. I don't know how they could have possibly not used him. What'd you say, Jake? <laughs> 
I said, were they going to try to give him like a robot voice or something? No, they were going to actually have a voice actor come in and do it. And I guess one of the people they asked was Mel Blanc. And Mel Blanc basically said, Anthony Daniels is better suited for this for this voice role. <laughs> and they let him do it. <laughs> Which They asked Mel Blanc and he said, BBDBDB. <laughs> I was about to say, yeah, that'd be, <laughs> that would be in a couple of years. Like, considering that Mel Blanc, frankly, by the late 70s, probably could have used the money. That was big of him. Because hmm. they weren't really doing Looney Tunes anymore. American animation was mostly in the shitter at that stage. They were still making shitty Tom and Jerry film, uh, cartoons by then. I mean, probably, but those two don't talk. No, I know, but I'm just saying, like... I remember the 70s, and the whoever made the uh, Grinch cartoon was doing them. That time, I'm pretty sure mm. Tom and Jerry was done by the same no. studio. Grinch was 60s, I think. Well, I think they were doing... Anyway, anyway Star Wars. Sure, Hanna-Barbera was doing. Yeah, all terrible. Yeah, of course. Uh, You're talking about Jabberjaw the Shark was, was amazing. Oh, amazing. No. oh, no. Don't remind me. But yeah, yeah. Interest, like a really interesting cast, because you get people like Alec Guinness and Peter Cushing who were like... Household names, very famous, respected actors. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much Peter Cushing was respected at the time. He might have just been kind of pigeonholed as that horror guy, but at least at least now he's sort of been lionized. Um, I think at the time, if you were a big like horror fan, he was oh yeah, like, I'm sure people recognized him immediately. Yeah, but I think there probably was and still is a stigma against horror film actors. Uh, I don't know, maybe not as bad then. Who knows? Anyway. Great actors, both of them. You got Harrison Ford, who is still relatively new, but had done some pretty decent-sized roles. He was in American Graffiti, which I'm sure is why he got the role in this. Yeah, actually, I read why he got the role in this, because they originally weren't going to cast him. They, were, they had auditions, and had I have like a long list of actors that they were considering. But they asked Ford to come in and help with auditions, and he was reading different parts until they just said, let's just give it to Ford. <laughs> Yeah, because I think he had wanted to avoid it, like, because he'd had Ford in American Graffiti. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think the same thing came up with Indiana Jones. At first, he was like, I don't want to just keep using Ford. Um, But I like him, and I get along with him. He's a pretty good actor, and he was really good in this role. Yeah, so who else Um, else did they look at? Oh, boy, here's a long list. Kurt Russell, Nick Nolte, Sylvester Stallone. Oh, no. Bill Murray. Okay. Chris Walken. Chris Walken. I know that would have well, been hold on. We get, But it's gonna be talking about like seventies Chris Walken. Mm. Yeah, we still talk like that. <laughs> yeah, but it's not like a lot of these people have a lot of baggage. Bill Murray True. would not have worked. No, <laughs> he was he was like the height of his like comedic fame practically at that point. I don't know. That's when uh, Michael Keaton did Batman. Touche. Here's more list: uh, Burt Reynolds, Ooh, Jack yeah. Nicholson. No. James Kahn, who I know I've heard of but can't place. Oh, he's he was actor. in Misery. Cool. Robert De Niro, been... Al Pacino. What? Pacino. Was it just I every could... actor who just, was alive? Yeah. It sounds like it's basically a list of every actor. Uh, Steve yeah. Martin and Chevy Chase and Perry. Steve yes. Martin could have done it. He was handsome. Wow. Yeah. I feel like Steve Martin almost even kind of looks a little bit like Harrison Ford. So, like, like I could see that working out. Some of those names I've heard before. Some I haven't. <laughs> Like, it really does just feel like all, it's really, it's like basically all the big 70s director's favorite actors showed up for this. And also mm. Bill Murray. <laughs> <laughs> I, wow, that is so weird. Uh, I've never Robert heard Duvall, that one before. Hmm? Robert Duvall, 
Shelley Duvall. That's the thing. Like, late 70s Al Pacino, just, he looked too much like a kid. He was too young. He wouldn't have, I wouldn't have believed him as a guy with any experience, you know? Mm. De Niro. Eh. I don't know, man. I think, I think, I, yeah, I can't, I, I just can't picture it being anybody other than Harrison Ford, honestly. I can um, almost see James Caan. Shatner. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm Captain of the Money Falcon. This is Mr. Chewbacca. <laughs> there's, a, there's a really funny SNL skit, if you haven't seen it. It's, it's, a li- it's tainted now because it has um, uh, Kevin Spacey in it. But mm. if you can stomach watching a Kevin Spacey SNL skit, there's a good... Um, like the Star Wars screen test audition thing. Just look it up on YouTube. Hmm. But it's pretty funny. It's it's like Walter Matthau as <laughs> as Obi-Wan Kenobi. It's good. Nice. Who's I Chewie? <laughs> I don't remember. I just remember uh I th- I think there's like a what the hell is a Chewbacca? <laughs> actually too is um didn't this and Carrie swap leads? Didn't what what? Yeah, I've heard I've heard that too. That originally Carrie Fisher was cast as the lead in uh, Carrie, Carrie, and, and, uh, and Sissy, Sissy Spacek. Oh, you say Carrie, and I think you just mean Carrie yeah. Fisher. I'm like, what's yeah, the sorry, end of your sentence? Con- <laughs> it's a bit confusing. Like, yeah, and and Sissy Spacek was cast in this, and then like it became clear that neither one of them were right for those roles, but would have been right for each other's roles. I guess I don't, well, I don't know the whole story. Yeah, allegedly that, yeah, they've swapped. What's really funny is you can find some early screen, like, uh, footage online of the actors sort of being paired up to make sure they kind of would work well off each other. But it's funny because, like, the dialogue clearly is from an earlier, weirder version of the script because there's all kinds of weird jargon in there that isn't in the final film, which I think relates to that Book of the Wills bullshit. Hmm. Or some other weird fancy nonsense that luckily people kept him from putting in the movie. But it's funny to watch, like, you know, young Carrie Fisher and say this stuff with a deadly straight face. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I also, so it's a little bit upsetting because Carrie Fisher is rather voluptuous. And I remember reading or seeing once where, like, apparently it was really uncomfortable for her to be out and about. And she went to, to George Lucas like, hey, can I please just wear a fucking bra? And apparently the answer was, no, there's no bras in space. Yeah, yeah there's anti-grav. Weird. Come on. Like, uh, what? No, wait. The opposite yeah. of anti-grav. So, and, uh, even, even more uncomfortable is like they, they cast her in this role under the condition, condition that she lose 10 pounds. Yeah. yeah. It's like she's, on a, she's under a big white dress yeah most of the time basically a toga like it's not form fit you can't see where most of her is maybe those buns would look less weird if she had a fuller face the uh but yeah yeah never change hollywood you sons of bitches i mean they won't despite nope well no wonder she got into fucking coke if she had to keep those pounds off well not just that i'm sure she was being sexually harassed non-stop Oh, I'm sure she was too. Probably why she fucked Harrison Ford. She probably figured if she was fucking one of the other stars, everybody else would leave her alone. Maybe. Well, that and if you're, because she was, I think, the youngest of the main cast, and uh, that guy swaggers, and you might have just been like, 
enthralled. Mm. I don't know. He poor, still shouldn't have. Poor Carrie Fisher. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, you know, although I think he grows into the role, Mark Hamill, man, he is, uh, he's something. Yeah, they were specifically looking for someone who didn't have a ton of, of acting experience. Well, they, found well, they definitely it. got, got it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I was going to go to the Tashi system to get some converters. Whining oh, runs in the Skywalker God. family. Whiny little bitch. It's so interesting, because I, I, I haven't seen seen these movies in a while, but... You know, the more recent times I've seen Mark Hamill, he seems like, you know, an older actor man. Yeah. But in this one, he just, he's like first season Jadzia, right? He just, <laughs> yeah. He's yeah. just he's reading not even, the lines. Uh, to be fair, he's not even that good. Let's let's give Terry Farrell some credit. Yeah, fair. Aww, he's pretty. He's as pretty as Jadzia. Yeah, he's a handsome guy. Good looking guy. Is he? I don't know. I like him. He's do 70s it. handsome, probably. He doesn't do it for me. Shockingly, not a lot of mustaches in this movie for the. No, expect more. God, I mean, Biggs has a nice one. If there are no bras in space, there shouldn't be any fucking mustaches in space. Just saying. I know, like, I don't know enough about the fashion of the time, but I know most of the filming was in Britain. Well, most of the filming that wasn't in Tunisia was. Yeah, I was gonna say. And so, like, I don't know if maybe mustaches just weren't as big in England, so. The extras they had were more likely to be clean shaven. Like I, I genuinely have no idea. I don't know. I don't... I, uh, what's interesting was that a fair number of the background people had the seventies look on. Very seventies, yeah. Like just like the people that were like, "I'm the guy that's pressing the thing on the computer." The people who weren't puppets. <laughs> yes. yes. The puppets in... are my favorite. Some of the man, and I don't know if they changed this at all in the special editions, but the the background creatures in the bar like some of them are cool looking but some of them you can very well see oh, oh they just like went Bought to a part, Halloween. party city and got a and got a uh, a werewolf mask for this guy <laughs> so well, they chris kept, was saying that they added cg to that scene they kept basically the ones that looked good and replaced the ones that were obviously from a halloween store okay not in our version <laughs> no yeah um but again you can kind of usually tell like the lighting seems off or something. They also, another, again, another thing of like him not understanding that people will get it, George, is that when the band transitions from the cantina theme we all kind of know to the other one, in the original film, it just kind of happened. In the special edition, they added this really sad and lackluster, like, yeah, like, at least it sounds like they got like five people in a room to go, yeah. <laughs> it's like, George, we get it. They transitioned. Wow. Also, this doesn't seem like the kind of crowd that's paying a lot of attention and clapping for the band. Yeah. This crowd that isn't is... even paying attention to all the people getting yeah. murdered. <laughs> yeah, the murders. <laughs> Their arms chopped off. Yeah. I, I do like the fact that apparently it's cool to murder people in this bar as long as you tip afterward. It's very cool. Very cool to do that. Yep. Yep. Whatever it takes to get you to tip your waitress, really. It's very cool. There's a weird bit where the bartender is racist against droids. Mm -hmm. And he tells he tells uh C3PO to get to get the fuck out. Which I was like, that's an interesting the droids cause trouble in bars or No, what they do is they take racism? up they take up space and don't order anything because they don't drink. That's probably right. So it's just racism. Mm. Well, 
Or I mean, in that I'll... case, it's not really racism. If droids don't eat, then it's just a fact of the matter that droids show up and don't well, eat. You or drink. There's a you know, there's a two drink minimum. There you go. Yeah, they solve them, it on Earth. Sell them oil baths. Yeah, there you go. They apparently, feel so good. And I feel, and oh. and I, I think we brought it up when we talked about the Mandalorian that when we go back to this bar in the Mandalorian, it's the whole place is run by droids. Yes, that's right. It is. Nice little, that's nice hilarious. Little touch that they did there. We saw two gonks. Three gonks? Three. Three. Three whole gonks. Wrong. Wrong. Love gonks. Yeah, a bunch of like droids in that um that ship of horrors mm-hmm. thing that they end up in there. Oh yeah, and considering it's a scene with nothing but robots like gonking around, it's still a like a, a very watchable scene mm-hmm. where you're just watching robots like looking at each other and be like, This is our life now. It's captivating. Yeah. I thought one of the things that was really, really well done. That like I can sort of remember how horrifying it was the first time I saw it because it's still really horrifying. Is when Luke discovers the bodies of uh, Aunt Beru and Uncle Owen. Oh, and they're all roasted. Yeah, yeah. and he has barely a reaction. <laughs> oh yeah, well you know, new actor, new actor. Wait, was, wait, wait. He was in shock. What's gonna happen with this year's harvest? I know. No one's gonna. What are they harv- harvesting? Water? Yes. Yeah. They're, they they're got, moisture, they got moisture, moisture evaporators. Which, like, I always love that. It's like, I need help with the harvest. Like, what's, what, what a harvest? You turn a fucking tap, you lazy old man. You something I know. Something man. I remembered reading. I, again, I this is this is all just stuff from my memory hole, so it could be incorrect information. But I do remember reading somewhere at some point that the shot specifically of the charred remains of of aunt and uncle was added. Because otherwise the film would have gotten a G rating. And how and, would we know they were roasted otherwise? Well, they were just going to it was just going to be a shot of the burned out house or something. But they were concerned they were going to get a G rating. And since G ratings are really only for kids films, mm. they added that one shot and that was enough to get it bumped up to a PG. And then there's a whole other shot of Leia just swearing. Yep. <laughs> it's so funny because, of course, okay. nowadays... Usually they're like, oh, God, how do we keep it to no more than PG-13 to get butts and seats? Yeah, I think this predates PG-13 anyway. Yeah, it does. It does yeah, because PG- didn't that come out with, like, Jaws-ish? I think PG-13- that was for Temple of Doom. Yes. Oh, okay. PG-13 was specifically invented for Temple of Doom because... It would, it, they didn't want it to get an R. Because well, they, the they R- gave it an R, and Spielberg was like, I'm fucking Spielberg. <laughs> and they were like, all right, all right, uh, PG... 13? 13. 13. PG-13. Ratings aside. Yeah, ratings aside, one thing this movie, like, showcases over and over, and I got very done with very quickly, was all the wipe cuts. Because, boy, do I hate a wipe cut. Oh, you're going to be really annoyed for the next seven weeks. Yeah, it's when, instead of just cutting between a scene, they have one scene fly in. It's not really a fly in, it's like... It's a wipe. Yeah, they, Yeah. they slide over the frame to the next scene. There was, oh, okay. Some PowerPoint shit is what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Kind of like PowerPoint. There's there's one wipe cut that I felt was really well done in this, and that's when they pick up yeah. the, the 3PO. 3PO when he's hurt uh, in the desert, and it wipes with them as they pick him up to the next scene. Yeah, that's actually pretty clever. Yeah, I thought, but yeah, that, George, I thought that one was, was earned. George must like get off on wipes or something, because holy shit, motherfucker loves wipe cuts. I think it, it you know, because so much of this film was homage to, like, that sci-fi, mm. um, 
serial type thing. I wonder if it was intentionally done to to stay kind of in that campy realm. Oh yeah, that was going to be it's my possible, question. Yeah. Like where who else does wipe cuts? Cuz really I only associate it with Star Wars. Yeah, it may be a thing that like Jake said was done when the serials he would have grown up on. Hmm. Uh that yeah, cuz I haven't really I haven't seen any of those old serials really except for the occasional brief clip in something that's about Star Wars. Mm. But they I bet they did. They certainly did the opening crawl thing a lot. Yeah, I mean, it definitely, it seems like a lot of the stylistic things that they do in this film are, if not directly calling back to, like, adventure serials, at least, you know, sort of like that golden age Hollywood sort of stuff. I remember reading once, uh, speaking of the opening crawl, that apparently that was a major issue with the Director's Guild. Yes. Um, that you're, you're not supposed to have, or at least at the time, you were not supposed to not have an opening credits on a film. That is correct. Why? It was just, that was the, the guild rules. Like, oh, yeah, because you... they need to credit their members? So the thing is, if you actually look at, like, old movies, like, nowadays, we think of the fact that, like, the credits is, like, everybody that worked on the movie. Back in the day, the opening credits contained almost everyone. Mm-hmm. And then you get, like, a the end screen and maybe, like, a reiteration of who your stars were. So, like, I think that's why at the time the rules were, like, everyone gets credited up front. And then I think it sort of probably started to shift because the amount of people involved started to get just so... Well, you had to credit, I should say, that were involved started to get longer and longer and longer. And I think they realized, like... We can't ask people to sit through a five-minute opening credit sequence. Yeah, because that's mm. the thing about opening credit sequences. Because I was thinking about this recently. I forget why. Just in terms of like how a movie that just picks up and starts going has a would have a different pace because you basically have to find a way in a scene to have however many minutes in which you can have text on the screen that isn't distracting. Like, you know, it's mostly like, you know, landscapes or like establishing shots where you just have up oh, and your composer of this movie was this person and the composer's 12 assistants are listed here. Yeah, well, and that's the, like, that's why a lot of older movies just straight up just had an opening credit sequence. Yeah. You know, like Bond movies are famous for it, but really e- everyone did it for the longest time because like you said, just, there would have been no way to have all those credits and the start of your film and not have there be some kind of like conflict there. Yeah. Um, if you watch like a lot of old Westerns, they all have a credits, you know, like multiple, you know, and they just do like cards and, you know, they're not like, it's yeah. not like a scroll or, or, you know, if obviously like some of the spaghetti Westerns have pretty nice, um, you know, like uh, good, the bad and the ugly famously has a, has a nice credit scene, but yeah. In any um, movie that hired Saul Bass, yeah, yeah. So he, I think he like, like that's invented. where you kind of yeah the artistic credit sequence. Yeah, but before that, it was just like here's a picture of all the people that worked on the film, and then he, yep. cut to the next slide. Here's you know, and it's placed over some some music, and then the movie starts. Yeah, because again, that was just really the opening credits used to be what we now think of really as the end credits. So is that like a a union thing where they have to, people who are in these roles need to be credited up front because no one's going to stick around for the end? I mean, I think it's changed, but yeah, I think that was what it was. Hmm. And again, I think it's changed just because, like, 
more people work on movies and more people I think that in the past wouldn't have gotten a screen credit now do. So speaking of opening. Hey. John Williams resurrected the Fox fanfare. Who's that? Uh, yeah. Composer. Because, yeah, before that, Fox movies had either started not using it or just using a very truncated version. Well, yeah, most of them got rid of the... Yeah. No, 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 part. It would just be the... Was that for this movie? No, so it had been like... it had The Fox fanfare had been part of their movies for a long time. Wasn't the Wizard of Oz a Fox movie? No. No? No, MGM. Oh, MGM. Yeah, MGM. But, uh, but yeah, for years, for like, you know, the 40s and so on, they used the big full fanfare. Then sometime during the 60s, it got truncated. But Williams brought back the full version, and then more and more people started using it. And I was just, it's always... Which there. honestly associated with just this movie. Right. Like, a for a long do. time, I just thought it was this movie in particular that had that. Yeah, but he actually resurrected it as part of it. And you think, listen, you watch this movie, and, like, there is music under almost the entire film. Yeah, mm. that's something I noticed, is just, like, how ever-present the score was in this. There's a yeah, few, it, like, fleeting moments when there's, like, when they're standing on the on the Death Star uh, during the attack, there's a there's a moment where there's no scoring, and it's it kind of stands out. Yeah, like the score is almost as long as the movie, which is not common. Still, again, that's sort of like a golden age of Hollywood thing. You would have had more score, still not I think as much as this, but certainly on some of their bigger epic pictures, you mm. would have. I mean, that's another thing. I wonder if in that original cut that was not well received if it if part of that may have been that there wasn't the score or yeah not the full thing because honestly i think that the pacing on this film would have been shit if not for the <laughs> score because there's just so many there's there's not a ton of dialogue in this film yeah um, that's true thank god like, because george can't write dialogue to save his life and luke can't talk a dialogue to save his life yeah i mean it's just it's a lot of watching stuff with the score yeah and running around shooting stuff. Yeah, well, and even like I said, that that very overly long shot of him running to his car is made only kind of bearable because Williams starts to build in this, like, slowly rising, ever-quickening, tense note, so that you get, like, you're kind of getting his, like, oh, shit, paranoia. Again, you still could have just cut the fucking scene, but, yeah, I mm. see how it helps a lot. And, you know, of course, characters all have their own themes... I think most famously Luke and Leia. Of course, Luke's theme is basically just the Force theme and things like that. We don't have the Imperial March yet. That's next movie. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yep. I am glad that George didn't try to make him, like, put it into this one in retrospect during the redo. Yeah, I'm surprised he wouldn't, actually. Probably a lot harder to, like, especially because, again, of how much music there is, like, you really can't shift any of it <laughs> without it mm. really fucking some stuff up. No, just add a new scene with a with a Jabba getting his tail stepped on. There you go. Yeah, it's actually just it's 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 uh, Tark Tarkin doing some paperwork. It's on the radio <laughs> and he's yes. whistling along to it. Okay, I like that. I that would be a good scene. Well, as we all know from uh, Solo, a Star Wars story. That is, in fact, in a major key, simply the Imperial National Anthem. Mm. I wish I was kidding. We all saw it. Yeah, I know. It's just that that... 
Yeah, no, it's dumb. That film wasn't bad. It just had a lot of bad shit. Yeah, it was like way that. better than I was expecting it to be, given its very fraught history. Yeah, and the fact that it's nonstop shit like that. Yes. Oh, you by yourself? I guess we'll call you Solo. Oy. Oh, boy. Yeah, go listen to our coverage of uh, the, the Solo movie. It's linked right here. There we go. Click the card in the top corner of the video. Uh, <laughs> shoot, that was a visual joke. I just did that thing, listeners, where, you know, the YouTuber points to the corner and smiles. I like when they point to the wrong corner because they didn't think ahead. Yeah, or YouTube changed how it works. That's Oh, that's videos, true. But... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's, a, here's a, a minor question. So the Death Star has propulsion and moves around, kind of. Yep. How, how, how does this work? Because I got very confused when they were like, oh... We've we've left Alderaan, and now we're over here at Dantooine, checking it out. And yet, at the same time, the Millennium Falcon is over by where Alderaan was, and can, like, still see them in the corner of their eye. They didn't, no, they didn't go to, to Dantooine. They sent uh, scouts to Dantooine. Oh, they sent people to Dantooine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I missed that, I missed that. Yeah, no, but they did, but yeah, the, the Death Star yeah. does, which... To me, raises up one of the larger plot holes of this film in that, you know, so evidently the Death Star can get around pretty quickly, just as quick as any other ship, it seems. Can it reach hyperspace? Mu it I, must. It must, right? Because otherwise its journeys would take thousands of years. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, it gets to, you know, it gets from Alderaan to um, Yavin. Yavin pretty quickly, just evidently more or less as quickly as it took the Falcon to get there. And we know the Falcon is the fastest ship in the galaxy. They were following the, the thing they left on the Falcon. Is that what the, what the yeah, idea there they was? Fo they yeah. followed them. But Leia told them that they were being, that they were bugged. Damn it, yep. Han. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why, why that happened, but yeah, no, the plot hole that I see, Hey, we know that the droids are on Tatooine. We cannot let the droids get to, the rebels. We could either hunt around for the fucking droids or get the Death Star here. <clears throat> get the fuck ridded Tatooine. It'll make Lord Vader happy. He fucking hates that place. <laughs> Look, you're not gonna inaugurate that thing on Tatooine. That's just... Yeah, all that sand will just clog up all the... <laughs> the, oh, the he also ports. hates sand. We know this. <laughs> But yeah, like I don't know, I don't, I don't, I don't get why the why they wouldn't just blow up Tatooine if that's where all of their problems are. Because they wanted to collect their problems and torture them. Ah, good point. Which is his favorite thing. Didn't want to piss off the huts. So Ugh. Darth Vader, that guy, mm -hmm. he's having a conversation with somebody, mm -hmm. and the guy's like, "Yeah, I'll call the scanning team down here, and we'll we'll look on the ship." And then Darth Vader just out of nowhere goes, "I feel a presence I haven't felt since." And then he walks away. <laughs> That's actually because he had to shit. That's what I <laughs> do when I have cover. to leave a room to and shit. Then the, and then the guy he's talking to is just like, uh, yeah, let's get a scanning team down here right now on the double. Like, uh. But also imagine that they didn't scan first. That to me is like ridiculous. Oh, it must have gotten here on its own. What the fuck <laughs> are you talking about? Uh, but yeah. I wonder if conversations ha like that happen with Vader all the time where it's like, you're just talking with him, and then he, like, has some intuition about something and wanders away. Well, in so, the... Like, Vader just has ADHD. Yeah, like, in the scene... Can... 
when when the, you know all the, the the different runs are being made at the Death Star. He just pops up and's like, "I'm here now doing this." It's like, did you did you tell anyone? It, it was like five minutes, and suddenly you're out in space in a ship without yeah. warning. Like I, me. I, I do like the idea though that it happens often enough that the rumor has just started among his underlings that really it's just him going off to the shitter. But he's the one who admitted. <laughs> I felt a feeling I haven't felt since yesterday's burrito lunch. Mm. No, guys, it's not that I'm pooping. I feel the force. Yeah, I felt the force yesterday three or four times, sir. Oh. That's a lot of poop. I think I can smell the force. <laughs> Your eminence. No, no, we already established. He smells like Korean barbecue. <laughs> um, yeah, really. She, Leia talks about Tarkin being the one that has a smell, but if you're going to try to tell me that Darth Vader doesn't smell like burnt meat, I'm going to call you a liar. <laughs> I like to imagine. I he, thought I smelled extra crispy Darth Vader. I like to imagine he smells like uh, a new car, like a brand just, new they car. They just kind of polish him up and resend him. You know, like somewhere he's behind his a, cape, they put one of those little trees. I was just gonna say he's got a pine scented tree hanging in there. Yeah, because mm. God, what God, what did I? I feel like the first like half hour we were watching this movie, I was just riffing on it the whole time because it was like. Chris was like, we have to watch Star Wars. And I was like, I've seen that movie a fucking hundred times. Like, I could easily discuss this movie in my sleep. But I did watch it. And at one point, he's... What, what, did, I, what did I respond to, like, where I was like, wow. Oh, he, like, makes some... He's doing some, like, big for his britches comments and, like, talking to Tarkin and back-talking him. And I was like, oh, pretty big for your britches for a dude that doesn't have any legs. Or any <laughs> limbs, I think is what I said. Mm, that was good. That's true. I wonder if Vader does poop. Like, does he have a robot asshole? I mean, as far as we know, he You can only... take everything else from him. You're going to take him the, the joy of shitting from him as well? Mm. What are you saying, yes. Chris? I'm sorry. Yeah, well, I mean, he... As, as far as we know, he only really lost his arms and legs. Yeah, but everything else got burned uh, only. up pretty bad. And yeah. white... Oh! Oh! Spoilers. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's interesting that he doesn't have, like, stronger words for Obi-Wan. Like, you left me for dead on the side of a volcano... You fucking piece of shit. Yeah, like, not only is the fight anticlimactic, but, like, I feel like we don't really see their character relationship in that scene, which is a but bit again, of a letdown, I considering goes... the, the, I felt something I've never felt before. Oh, hey, Obi-Wan. Yeah, well, that's okay. why, like, I only somewhat buy the, the, oh, this was originally all plotted out in George's head or whatever, because... Like, yeah, there's no vitriol there. I also don't really. really get the sense in this film that, spoiler alert, Darth Vader and Anakin Skywalker are the same character. Yeah. I don't like, think that that was thought of at this time. There's stuff that happens to work out. Like, oh, I'm afraid he has too much of his father in him. But that could just as well be, yeah, I don't want him going off into space and getting killed like his father did. As opposed to, I know his father becomes Darth Vader. Yeah, his yeah. father was a shitty moisture farmer. Yeah, I think that, like, the original, and maybe I'm wrong, I don't know, but the sense that I get from it is that, like, originally, yeah, Luke's father was just another Jedi that was buddies with yeah. Obi-Wan, and Obi-Wan's student was Darth Vader, and that's his name. It's not... Like yeah, no. in the later, it's it's just revealed that Darth is a title, 
But well, but we no. also don't have the word Sith yet, right? Mm. So they're just calling him a Jedi. But like, I think in this movie, he's literally a guy whose name is Darth Vader. Yeah, no, like Obi Wan addresses him as Darth. Yeah, like that's his name. Now my 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 argument is somewhat undercut. I will admit by the fact that his name is Vader. Yes, which which could be father in German. But I think that's a massive coincidence. Because if you look at a lot of the, like, Darth names, it's just taking a negative word and lopping off a few letters. So, so what, like, what's Invader. Vader? Oh, Invader. Oh. Yeah, I could see that. Like, Darth I, Sidious. Right. Insidious. 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 <laughs> uh, Maul, Invader. they didn't have to drop any lo- letters in, off of. In Maul. Mm. Mauler. I'm in the mall. I hate shopping. But that kid is going up the fucking escalators again. <laughs> <laughs> even if we give um even if we give George the benefit of the doubt and say that yeah, he did have in his head that Darth Vader was gonna end up being Luke's father. Even if we give him the benefit of the doubt, it was it did not seem like they were spending a lot of time um, See, I, trying I, I to bet, establish that. I bet they didn't know it. Because if they did, and this was expected to be a standalone film, they never told us. So I feel like if the whole if the story is that this big bulldog guy on the bad side is the dad of our hero, if you know it, you would tell us in your standalone movie. Like I don't feel like you would leave that to the next movie because you don't know if there's going to be one yet. Yeah, I mean, I'm you know glad I mean? that they did. Yeah, same. I mean, same. But that that's what I mean. Up. I. Yeah, it gives you some build. But imagine, like, not knowing that shit. I was saying that. I was like, imagine watching this and you just don't know. Like, imagine the, f- the first time people saw the lightsaber and saw it being all like... And you're like, holy shit. This must have been fucking mind-blowing back then. Mm. Truthfully. Do you guys remember the awesome Star Wars trilogy game that they had in arcades? Oh, sure. Sure. It's like a big sit-down one. I remember there was a game... I don't know if it's the same one, but it was a, it was a Star Wars game that had the graphics were like really bad. Like it was like lines, it was like asteroids, but it was oh, that's kinda, a different one, kind of three D. Uh, but I had a shitload of fun on that one. You know, I'm talking about this. Was an arcade machine that was actually pretty good. And I remember, hmm. like most of the time, you were like either like shooting on a speeder or like a or a um. TIE Fighter or whatever, but there were times where, like, you had to, like, lightsaber duel Darth oh, Vader and shit. I do remember this, and you just had to do the dodges, kind of? like it would Yeah, just, yeah like, it was fucking impossible. Kind of I don't yeah. think I ever beat Darth Vader, but I, I loved that. that game. And it was, like, a buck a play, and you had to fucking, ugh. <clears throat> oh, god damn. That was the rich man's game. <laughs> just, like, Maybe, real estate. I bet you could, like, <laughs> buy one now for not too much. <gasps> Um, but if you're actually, saying, pro- actually, it probably costs a fortune. Now that I'm thinking, yeah, of it. it'd probably be like twenty grand. But Jake, if you want to buy me one, <clears throat> I'll make room. All right, you just gotta continue to put a dollar in it every time you play it, and, then I get to <laughs> and you're gonna dollars. collect that dollar every time. Actually, right? that's brilliant. That'll pay itself off in no time, Jake. <laughs> probably cheaper to see if they have an emulator and buy yourself a decent flight stick. There you go. I'll give you a flight stick. Hey. Right up your ring piece. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I'm sorry. I'm just leave fucking... my ring piece alone. Yeah, I'm just real punchy. 
I'm real punchy. I'm real tired. I don't know what Maybe. my problem was is. That, was that what that was they found on Tatooine? Was it 3 Someone's ring literal ring Oh my god! Yeah! <laughs> the, they fucking... Also, like, what the fuck? They find a fucking... I don't even know. You were like a cock ring. And they're like, droids! And it's like, yeah. what... It's How does that prove droids? Like it was There's a crashed escape pod right next to you. Yeah, don't with you all mean kinds of debris? <laughs> yeah. And there's like and there's nope. fucking tracks leading away <laughs> from the crash site. But nope, this is the proof. This circular piece of metal. Droids. Yeah, all right. You're a fucking real detective there's, there, Sherlock. So there's a reason he's part of the Tatooine garrison and not Oh. A good one. God, at one point someone said something. Oh, that's what it was. Was it after Owen and Baru? They're like, only the stormtroopers oh, yeah. could have had such precision. And I was like, who the fuck are you well, kidding? Something I just, I, something I realized today, which I never think I picked up on before, is that I don't know that it's that stormtroopers are bad at shooting. It's just that those guns really suck. Mm. Because Leia, Luke, and Han, they can't hit shit either. No, Leia guns. does. Leia she hits does. like one guy, but like out of hundreds of shots fired they just seem really in- inaccurate beyond a few feet could be yeah what i loved was in the scene where they shoot leia they like said it's a stun and shooter one one stormtrooper says to the other she'll be all right or whatever and i said to chris i was like yeah they had he had to tell him that because neither of them has ever hit anybody with one of those fucking things before <laughs> or used stun like yeah why aren't they using stun more times that's the one and only time we ever see they know they're not gonna ever hit anybody there was also the scene where uh, you pointed this out, where the droids get away on the escape pod, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Oh, whoa! Don't shoot! There's nobody on board yeah. that one." It's like, yeah. well, that's that's uh, yeah, because I there's a, I think it's a Family Guy joke where someone's like, "What? Don't you? What are we paying by the laser now?" <laughs> and I said, "I said, whoa! Don't shoot! We need the plot to progress." Nah. Yeah. <laughs> it was. Oh, hey. <laughs> They don't got no Geneva conventions over here in uh, Star Wars land. No, the Emperor can just disband the Senate on a whim. A whim. Oh, here's the other thing that bothered me. There's a scene where they're ta- when uh, when Luke uh, initially stumbles onto the video of Leah, good old Princess Leah, <laughs> and he's like, "Wow, who is she? She's beautiful." And C-3PO's like, "I have no fucking idea." And it's like, "Yeah, you do." In the beginning of the film, he's like, oh, no, the princess isn't going to be able to weasel her way out this time. You fucking know who Princess Leia is. You know that's Princess Leia, you fucking liar. What else does he lie about? I can't tell stories. I don't know who Princess Leia is. Well, everything we know is a lie. I bet he doesn't even fucking speak. Bocce. Not bocce. Um... It's like a second language of... to me. Yeah, the no, evaporators. B- Bocce's the one that's like a second oh, is language it? to him. Yeah. No, but doesn't he say... Then afterwards he says... He, okay, he's first on binary the evaporators is the one that I wanted, though. That's what I wanted. My point is, maybe he's not even a fucking protocol droid. Maybe he's not a droid at all. Maybe he's just Anthony Daniels inside a fucking suit. <laughs> I mean, yes. the thing is, we know he's not a protocol droid. He's like a bunch cobbled together. Gross. He's like the hum- inhuman centipede or something. That's yeah, and a pathological liar as well. <laughs> yep, pathological liar. That's what I'm saying. So Darth Vader chokes out to death the captain of the ship. Not to death, but nearly. Doesn't he throw him against a wall? No. 
No, Cushing's like fucking Vader. Could you no, not? No, no, no. no, 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 no he's talking no, about the second time. Oh, you know, oh, he absolutely kills the yes, first he guy. Yeah, he, he sure does. That's not, he's not even doing the force. He's yeah, just no, picked he just, him up yeah. by the neck. Yeah, sorry. Yes, Captain. Um, and he's still yeah. demanding answers. Where is she? Oh, well. And, and the guy's uh, like, "This is a this is a diplomatic mission." And he's like, "Well, where's the ambassador?" And then it's like, uh, "Yeah, Prin- Princess Leia's here. Uh, she was on a diplomatic." Hi, I'm mission. an ambassador here for the Senate. <laughs> yeah like um whoops ooh. at that point darth vader's like uh look over there and like runs <laughs> away off the ship boy I, do I, I have egg on my face <laughs> i thought something i haven't heard in exits <laughs> <laughs> is that what it is he actually just gets the shits when he's nervous i mean who yep. doesn't we can all sympathize with that yeah like what you said where you know if this is a consular ship where's the ambassador and he flings you went Oh, you just killed him, sir. Yeah, <laughs> I did say that, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, I had some good ones. I, at some point, I was like, I'm really sorry, I'll stop. I just, I was so into it in the beginning to riff on it. Because again, it, it's like, who had, I mean, I I know people, I do know some people who have not seen the film, but I have seen it dozens of times in my life, starting at a very young age. So it's like... And overall, it's it, it, is, it is really nice to just watch... Star Wars unburdened by its own legacy. Mm. Like, even with the special edition that we had to watch with all the extra crap put in, it's still just like, it's so innocent <laughs> and free of nonsense, and it's really refreshing, because it's easy to forget early, no one knew what was happening, Star Wars. That's the thing, like, in light of all the things we learned, like, you know, butt-faced guy. He's like, oh, you, you're gonna come back in another movie. So it's kind of, I feel almost... Like, it's been tainted by its own taint at yeah. this point. Mm. Yeah, no, it, it's hard, and it's it's like, it was nice to try, at least, to put most of that aside. Don't think about the contradictions, don't worry about the issues, don't go like, you didn't know it was his father. And just enjoy it, and it's it's really, it's fun, and you realize, yeah, no, George has never been able to write dialogue, and... You know, like, that that's the only, only other point I would make to your point, Jake, is like, you know, maybe he did know, but... George Lucas does not understand how emotions work. So, of course, that scene lacked the proper emotional oomph. Mm. Oh, I still think he just didn't know. I just think there's no way we would have got through the first movie without finding out who his father really was if he knew who it was at that point. I just don't. And again, I'm glad that I'm glad that they didn't reveal it until later. But I really think that if you're making a standalone movie, you think and you have something that huge in mind, you're going to get it out, I would think. I will say, um, you know, if anyone is is interested to kind of have a vague idea of what the earliest version might have looked like, kind of, a while ago, Marvel actually published a comic based loosely on George's first draft. Hmm. Um, And uh, I read it. And yeah, reads like a first draft. So nice. You know, it's interesting, though, because it, like, the art has a lot more of the, like, Flash Gordon influence. At one point, the Emperor is making a speech. And uh, the Emperor is just a guy in, like, a military uniform. He's not a fucking albino raisin in a hood. Albino raisin! And, uh... call those champagne raisins. Ah. And he's, like, standing in front of a, like, ten-foot-tall 1930s-looking microphone. To give this speech. And it's got other little weird things like that scattered throughout. It's 
It's an interesting artifact, but again, be warned, it reads like a first draft of something. Well, with a sales pitch like that, I can't imagine why I wouldn't want to read that. <laughs> it's funny, because to me, this is as good as Star Wars ever gets. Like, the next two episodes are good, the prequels are trash. Mandalorian's good. Yeah, that's true, but I, I guess I'm thinking of... Movies, movies specifically? Specifically, like, the... The, the Skywalker saga, or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, that's what they have decided to dub it. Oh, is that what they call it? Yep. Oh, good. Good, good. I didn't know that. I was kind of guessing, but it makes sense. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I just, eh, it's it's downhill. It's all downhill from here, folks. It will be interesting to see. I don't know exactly when this is going out. I think this should be live before the anthology that's going to be launching on Disney Plus this autumn. Oh, the anime? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, like, I can't wait to see that. That looks neat. A bunch of different anime studios to do standalone stories. Each one's like just an episode. Uh, I have no idea, and nor do I give a flying fuck if they're canon or not. I could not care less about canon anymore. I've grown exhausted by the concept. But I stylistically, it looks really interesting. Uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing how that might be. Because that's... I don't know. I want to see more stuff like that. Like, just crazy stories that take place in this universe that maybe don't involve people we've heard of, although there is at least one appearance of Boba Fett. Boba Fett? Yeah. He's my favorite. I don't understand the obsession with the Fets. I don't feel like they do anything that interesting. Um, they One of them gets its head chopped off. And one of them We're going to talk about that in a couple of weeks. One of them gets fed to a Sarlacc or some shit. You know, yeah. oh, but he escapes. Bullshit. Yeah, I think we'll talk more about the Fets soon. Yeah. Yeah, Fet. well, somebody's going to have to try real hard to convince me that I should give a shit, because I, I never understood it. It's like, yeah, okay, great, it's got a cool helmet. Got jetpack, is that all it takes to impress you people? We all know the best tertiary characters were Jantilly's. I don't even really know who that is. Leader of Rogue Squadron. He's the guy that, he's he's one of the other pilots that survived the attack. Rogue Squadron? Isn't that something from Star Trek? No. That is Red Squadron. <laughs> same thing. Nova Squadron. Not at all. Same thing. Or Nova Squadron, Exact yeah. same thing. Well, no, see, it's not, Rogue Squadron is not a bunch of asshole teenagers who deserve their deaths. I don't know. Luke Skywalker's only, like, 19. He's kind of an asshole teenager. I, I, I don't buy that he's supposed to only be 19. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, it does. All of his friends have gone off to college, and he hasn't been allowed to go. I think it makes perfect sense. Yeah, but A... I feel like Mark Hamill looks older than that, or maybe just people looked older in the 70s. Yeah, no, it was just this was the um, 70s. He's been being blasted by sand on his sand farm. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and it's such a dry-ass planet that they have to fucking use evaporators to get moisture. Uncle Plus the Owen sun. is 23. There's probably, no, <laughs> there's probably no suntan lotion yet. I mean, clearly it was hardest on uh, Obi-Wan, who went from 30 to 70 in, in that <laughs> In, in 20 that years, 19 yeah. years. Well, he also had to, you know, he's been rotting from the inside out, dealing with the, the sadness of his friend's death. Mm. Yeah, Mark Hamill was 26 at the time. Was he? Yeah. I'm yeah. shocked by that, honestly. Well, because I was going to say, especially because people actually did kind of just look older in the 70s. So the fact that he looked the way he did at 26 is kind of surprising. Yeah, if nothing else, honestly, the motorcycle accident, which he will sustain between films... Actually aged him up, in my opinion. Mm. Well, people say he got less attractive. I actually think he got more attractive. We, we to be keep honest. referring to things we're going to talk about next week. 
Oh, no, don't worry. I'll, I'll talk about Mark Hamill being hot next it week. A, it wasn't a car crash. It was a. It was a. Wampa I said motorcycle. Attack. That's what I said. Yeah. It was a what? A wampa, wampa attack. attack. Oh yeah. Sorry. Yeah. A wampa attack. That's what I meant. When are we gonna see that wampa? Do I have to do it? Is it me? Yeah. I'm not you. doing it. Still me. Ugh. Jake is well, welcome to. <laughs> well, no. Well. Thank you for listening to A Star to Steer Her By, a Star Wars podcast. If you like what you heard and you'd like to hear more, your options are currently extremely limited. But we will talk next week about more Star Wars. Next week we'll do A Star War Episode 5 and 1 3rd, The Naked Gun, The Return of the Sith Jedi, Attack of the Clones. What the fuck is the name of that Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, The Empire Shoots First. And uh, that'll be next week. So make sure to tune in. You can uh, subscribe. Make sure you don't miss a show. Uh, We're on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. You can also check us out online. We have many different homes on the interweb. We have our Facebook page. You can find us by searching for A Star to Steer Her By. We are at SSHB Podcast on Twitter and Tumblr. Or... You can visit sshbpodcast.com, where uh, recent hits include Deep Space Nine fan fictions, uh, articles about admirals, and... Um, and it's not recent. <laughs> not at all, but and, the season uh, and series wrap for DS9 seasons, are recent. Yeah, season and series wrap for Deep Space Nine. Find out what we liked best and what we didn't like best. Find out how much Caitlin cried. We all loved Vic so much. Oh, did you, did you Did you read? Because I included how much of... Uh, his way is Vic singing. I did. I did. We will leave that as a surprise for the viewers. Go read. Yeah, you should read that Aims shit. math. That's hard. I used a spreadsheet. <laughs> Ames is a fucking spreadsheet whiz. You could... Spread that sheet. The force is strong with her in Excel. Or Google Docs, whichever. Yeah, I mostly use Google Sheets these days. Yeah, same difference. But yeah, check us out next week. And, uh, you know, may the force be with you and shit. Always. Sometimes. Do we say our names yet? Nope, we never did. Ah, oh, fuck. Mm-hmm.